the discovery of psychedelics is the discovery that all of this cultural machinery is just Wizard of Oz stuff. Don't think. Feel. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. That's it. How did it feel to you? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Welcome to the Astral Mind Podcast. What's up, guys? It's Camel Cast. Thank you so much for joining me again on another episode of the Astral Mind Podcast. Here's peace. Here's love. Here's life. Take that. I hope you're having your best day. If you're not, choose to do so because your reality exists in your mind, as I always say. Now, I've got a guest on, another very special guest. Uh, Martin Ties is joining us today, and Martin's got a wealth of information about life, the spiritual journey, and just his story is so intimate and close to what I feel like a lot of us experience, the shamanic journeys, the power of now, how he's learned to meditate and, and alter who he is to become someone better and more powerful, and he's here to give a message about how we can adapt our lives and live better lives just the way that he's done as well. Uh, so Martin, why don't you say hello to the audience and uh, tell us a bit about yourself. Hey guys, so thank you first and foremost for the invitation. I already, this is my favorite show. Uh, it's It's been really uh, awesome since we met the first day. I've been looking forward to this very much. So thank you for being here. Um, just introducing myself, I would say I am uh, kind of like a wanderer because I never really felt at home anywhere. So I tried looking for my homes in other places. And so I went to the United States as an au pair, went back to Germany, did my studies, went to other places like Ireland, went back to Germany, went to Norway, went to Hawaii. And uh, eventually I found my home where I am. So this is kind of like, even though it sounds a little bit cheesy, um, I found my home in myself. And so I just enjoy where I am and try not to project on my external periphery in a sense that I'm not happy or something something is not right so I need to move somewhere else but other than that I'm in Germany and in Hawaii and I'm always happy to be kind of like where I am right now because I know the next like in October I will be back in Hawaii again so if that makes sense and I'm working as a spiritual teacher and coach and like you said, the shamanic journey and uh, the medicine wheel, which is just like something like an orientation tool and a holistic tool in itself is something that I learned over the last 10 years. And uh, it's been really like we just spoke a little bit shortly about the matrix. It just feels like the, the rabbit hole is just never ending. Mm. Every everything I learn, I feel like a new landscape opens up. So 
Interesting. Now, I've never heard about the medicine wheel. Maybe I'm just, I'm not the smartest guy out there. <laughs> I've never heard of it. Like, explain, if you would, explain a little bit about shamanism and about the medicine wheel and how that works. Yeah, so I feel in order to make 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 it right, uh, there is not one way of shamanism because it's just like the, the word itself is uh, rooted from somewhere in Siberia, I think, or somewhere in the Russian kind of like on the old uh, Chinese, Russian, Mongolian, somewhere there. I'm not too knowledgeable about that, but there are so many different ways and forms. And even even if we look at the Native Americans from Northern America, there are so many different uh, teachings about the medicine wheel, about what what they passed on. So there's the, the the way that I learned is from the Lakota, from it's a Sioux tribe, which is uh, kind of like from the plains uh north north dakota south dakota kind of like these areas and is what i learned is mostly that in addition to that i also learned for a year when i was in ireland about the southern american kind of peruvian quechua uh, shaman, uh, shamanic teachings which are a little bit different but the medicine wheel in itself is can can be seen as a compass if we are kind of like really, really, we sim simplify it very much. So we have different directions, east, west, south, and north, and there's different qualities in each direction. And so when, uh, when I'm working with something, it's always good to know where am I working from? Is this kind of like uh, something that is more, is, would be happening in the south of the, of the medicine wheel, let's say emotions, it is, it's really difficult to say it in five minutes, because I feel it's so complex, but so simple. So, um, like I said, we have the directions, we have different kind of energies, we have the emotional body, spiritual body, mental body, and uh, the physical body, which are also in different directions, you have the seasons of the year, you have uh, female male kid young old there's everything is in there so it's very very complex that's why it, i've been doing it for 10 years and still feel like i've not gained everything from it you know because that's that's the beauty of such things like holistic models where uh everything is already contained in everything and the medicine is medicine wheel is like that you know, I know it's difficult kind of to bring across. Is there any question that comes up right away? Because I feel yeah. it's sometimes difficult to make it really simple for the audience. So how would you use it? Is it like the color wheel and like color theory? Are you, you know, complementary and those sort of things? Are you trying to match up the mental and emotional bodies on the wheel? Is it a physical wheel or is it just a map? Like I'm, I'm new to the whole thing. Like, yeah. So, take so us through it, man. absolutely. So there's, there's, there is physical medicine wheels. For example, if I'm making a fire ceremony or if we have like solstices or anything, the first thing I do is I take rocks and I create that medicine wheel out in the physical space. I will give it the North direction, South direction, and kind of like create that space around it. So it can be physical, mm. but what when we're talking about it from the from the shamanic journey from that metaphysical kind of point of view it's just a space and so why the combination of the medicine wheel and the shamanic journey is so powerful is because we can travel into this medicine wheel and do certain tasks 
where the directions help us to see certain things from certain points of views or give us teachings kind of like uh like a like a wise person would give us a teaching or we introspect there's so many different things that are possible but it is that combination between the shamanic journey while we travel astrally to another reality where the medicine wheel is kind of giving us directions and order in a sense because it's you know from dreaming it, it can be a chaotic and like there's no rules so uh in a sense it gives us a structure or uh um mm. yeah like uh so it's a symbolic sort of thing so the medicine wheel is more like a road map of how to navigate to reach a certain goal so say i wanted to heal my emotional body the medicine wheel will lead me to healing that or healing my energy body and and it it, it involves that I'm, i'm trying to see if i'm yeah so let's make a, like a, make a make an easy example, maybe from something that we did in 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 my last uh, in my last workshop where I went to. Sure. So in order to um, in order, I have an intention. The most important thing about the work that we do as uh, as uh, the uh, as the students, in a sense of that medicine wheel, is to have an atten- intention and to um, want to work on something because if we don't have an intention then it's just well we're all over the place so my intention is uh i have had a traumatic experience maybe like a car accident or something where i was really excited in a way and i was afraid and so i want to i want to heal that and so uh the medicine wheel not necessarily could help me do that but i could say i want to heal my physical body or like something that that re kind of changed in that accident and then to travel into this accident in the west like the body would be in the west of the medicine wheel and gain insight i could travel into my body or i could talk to something in the west about how to heal my body i could find my totem animal or like there's it's really i love to talk about it but to really give it the proper explanation and not to confuse people i feel like we would need 90 minutes to two hours and then we would Mm. just get the rudimentary explanation but it is a symbol like you said it's a roadmap and it is a guide it is uh the wheel of life basically that's what a medicine wheel is right okay it reminds me of like the 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 tree of life and the, the Sephiroth, like in in the Kabbalistic sort of teaching. Um, so you mentioned astral travel. Is that a big portion of your shamanic journey? And and how do you go about doing that? Because I'm always curious about techniques and methods. I, you know, one of the people who watch this love methods because they take them yeah. like yes, something new to practice. You know. Yeah. So what's your method for that? So. Um... I would say the method is you get relaxed as you would with any other kind of astral travel where you where you're settling into the body, let go of the weight in the body, and then you uh, we cross a rainbow bridge. You can just see that as going through the chakras from the bottom to the top. So we walk across the rainbow bridge, which starts with with red, and then you end up purple and get off the bridge into the white light and uh, give yourself some protection kind of cloak 
wear a cloak of white light and that would be the beginning and from there a drum starts to play i would play the drum if it's my session or if i'm in a in a session someone would play the drum or drum the drum play might not be the right term mm. and then uh you just let images come up so it is it sounds easier sometimes if we're really resistant or if we have a lot of anxiety about uh, can i do this am i the right person or maybe i'm i'm not wired the right way the more the head plays in that it might be that it is a little bit more difficult to to launch off into into these vi visuals or feeling it can be any sensation but i'm very visual in my travels mm. and so you just uh, hear the drum beat and the drum beat is said to be uh, the the paddle and the drum is the canoe which takes you over into an unordinary reality but it's not needed in a way you know you can do it with silence as well you can do it with a rattle something that holds the space for your body in a way and gives you gives you another vibration on another plane so you can coexist probably in both that's just my mm -hmm. my interpretation right now i see i'm seeing like a like a drum with a handle with like two strings and and like balls like you know beats at the end and you just like shake it like this is that the rattle you're talking about or i'm thinking of something totally the, rattle, <laughs> the rattle looks probably you see the in the background there that's my drum that's kind of like okay, a frame drum it. so that it's oh, a uh, big one yeah. yeah it doesn't have to be that big it's but it's just you have it's in the back it is i'll just check it out so it's maybe a little bit easier to explain. So in the back you have these, you have these uh, cords, uh -huh. and if it's a, if it's made out of leather, this one is not. Then uh, you have strings, leather strings in the back, and they tie it so they give it kind of tension. And then you have this uh, mm. skin, and you just drum it. I see. Uh, I've heard before that the drumming works to put one in a trance state and i was going to ask you about like what's your practice for that like moving into these astral these these voyages because it sounds like it is really imagination heavy and then the visuals come and that's actually what i teach people is that like a lot of people have the misconception that when it comes to astral projection like it's something that has to completely move you out of your body right away like immediately it's like oh i'm out of my body i'm totally gone now and there's no progression and so it makes it really difficult for people but i'm glad there's like the rainbow bridge that you're walking through that that visualization and then you allow the mind to take its own shape what was your practice for getting to that place you mean like how did i how did i what did i do before that before yeah. i nothing that. that was my that was my my the first thing i learned in a sense in the in, on that spiritual that my spiritual path started with shamanic journeys i wandered off here and there afterwards mm -hmm. but my first ideas of uh actually uh doing something that is can be compared to a dreamlike state was in a in my totem animal journey where i found my totem animal so that was my first experience with astral projection or just traveling out of the body kind of leaving the body and going somewhere else with your mind tell me more about the so, totem animals i haven't heard too much about them like what was this experience you had with the totem animal so um 
the reason why I started with this shamanic journey workshop that I did 10 years ago was because my best friend had done it because his girlfriend at the time was pestering him constantly to come. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when he when he had done the journey, he talked about that they found their totem animal. And I was, because I love animals, always loved animals, I was just like, what is my totem animal? I want to know. So he just explained a little bit how it goes. And um, at some point, he talked talked to me about how to do that in, in the shamanic journey, that you have the drum, that you like the rainbow bridge. He talked me through that. And the totem animal is basically our potential that is showing itself in, in animal form. So it is, <clears throat> and because it is our potential, it is very interesting because it's kind of like stepping outside ourselves, and we don't have as many as many um, preconceptions or preconcepts about the animal that we see, rather than if we would have tried to look at ourselves. So we see uh, the animal, how it behaves, how does how does it hunt? Does it hunt? Will it? Is it just like a herding animal? Is it a animal of prey? And we can learn so much about our own nature, a little bit like uh, uh, astrology, when we know our zodiac signs and um, everything is surrounding the chart that we understand, oh, so this is why I am better in these situations and I struggle with others. For me, for example, I have uh, a, a panther as a totem, a uh, black leopard. And I say that because it's important because there's black uh, jaguars as well. So uh, the jaguar is a different kind of species and they hunt differently and their conflicts are resolved differently. And a leopard is more kind of like conflict averse because they're not as strong as a jaguar who just approaches and bites the animal that they have a conflict with. And so I understand if I, if I approach conflict head on, it's most likely that I will lose because I'm not strong in these kind of head-on collisions where I'm not prepared. So just as one example, how we can learn a little bit about ourselves and the potential through the totem animals. And they're basically our uh, com companions during the shamanic journeys. Whenever you need some help, when, when you feel like I, I, this is a really difficult situation for me, for example, when I traveled into one of the most traumatic states that I, or, or memories that I had in order to resolve them, I really kind of like stood there before I went in and just collected myself, collected my totem animals and got my magic wand ready so that I'm in charge, I'm in control. And whenever it gets too much, I can stop it, you know, so giving, giving, uh, Totem animals to me are also something that gives us power in a sense of we are in charge of our subconscious and to that they help me kind of like shape shift to mm. whatever is necessary. So there's there's uh, another topic that could be talked about for the next two hours. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's, that's a lot. I like that. I, I just want to say the energy that I'm feeling from you is very good. It's like, ah, oh, this is like, I feel like I've known you maybe in a past life or something like that. But so the energy is just, just really palpable. So I, I'm curious about uh, the totem animals. Yes, but more like where you go in these trips. Like, I, is it specific to direction? You say like the body is in the West 
is do you keep that in mind as like a spiritual map almost like if you went north would you be going to like a higher plane of existence to speak to entities like how does that work yeah so it is good to know it is good to know a little bit about that but it's i would say it's not necessary it can be intuitive when i started i didn't i didn't know the hell what i was doing right so i was i wasn't aware of if i was if I was traveling to the north, that there would be uh, the, the the wise keepers, angel, like the the our our lineage would be there, or masters, senate masters, like everything would be there. I would just travel to the master I wanted to talk about. Or mm-hmm. so uh, it is. It is a little bit helpful to know if, if, for example, for me, if I have an intention, and I wanna resolve that or I want to work with that then I have to create the shamanic journey in order to kind of like make that in the best possible way but back then I was just going to a seminar was saying this is my intention and my mentor was telling me okay you travel there and then you will be kind of like experiencing something so she gave me a little bit more help in order to what to do so the more independent we are the more knowledgeable we need to be about what we're doing in order to heal something or resolve a conflict. But if I'm a new beginner, then it's not important for me to be able to do that. I just need kind of like, I don't know, like a surf instructor who pushes me at the right Mm -hmm. time and I just paddle and then the wave picks me up and I learn to surf a little bit like that. You know, when I'm on my own, I need to know when the wave comes, when do I need to start a paddle, when I need to get up, and uh, a little bit like that. Oh, yeah, that's a perfect way of putting it. Yeah. What entities have you interacted with? Or I guess I could say, what's been one of the most impactful shamanic journeys you've been on that you can recall? Wow, that's a good question. So the the most interesting meeting i had and i haven't that's it's funny that i have not talked to many people about that and for me to say that in a podcast is weird to me but uh, i was sitting on the beach in in, on Kauai, on one of the um westernmost islands of the hawaiian chain and a turtle like a sea turtle came out of the out of the uh, break really a big one and so I was because in Hawaii, you really have to be uh, careful about like not intruding and giving animals space because uh, the, the law is really strict about that. So I was super insecure. Do I need to go away? How do I interact with this turtle without it kind of like being uh, hindered by my actions in any way? So and yeah. long story short, um, the turtle started talking with me. And uh, I was talking with a turtle because I had sung before she came out of the water. I had sung a song of mine and she came out and she said, I know why she likes you so much. And I was just like, what's going on? So, uh, (laughs) and, um, and so uh, what she was referring to was she was one of the deities, the Hawaiian deities, who is uh, kind of like the, the, the patron of the garden island of Kauai. And she was talking about her big sister, who's Pele, the goddess of fire and uh, lava, which is on the big island. And because big island is a little bit like my home island, because it's kind of like root chakra, really grounded energy Mm -hmm. and lava. So uh, she kind of like talked to me a little bit about Pele and why, why they love that I'm there and the energy work that I'm doing. So it's just like, 
Man, that was my 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 favorite like yeah. happening in a sense, and that was also around that time the uh, turtles started coming to me as a totem animal. So that was kind of like that Very beginning. Interesting. So that was really. And how beautiful. were you hearing the the turtle speak to you? Was it like a telepathic? Was it just like an audible thing that you were hearing? No, it was telepathic. It's not like cool. it made no sounds. Yeah, it's it's just being there. That's radiating energy. And, and how did you? Because I'm assuming that like your third eye obviously is is just way open. So is it like a uh, as you're as you're going through these experiences, are you just growing in your ability to go into these experiences just by doing them? Maybe I w- I feel like it is probably just peeling away layers of resistance and just becoming more translucent and to be more open. Um, to certain things like I've always been really attentive to plants and uh, animals kind of like as well and so I feel like uh, have you have you listened to or read The Alchemist from Paulo Coelho? I actually just saw that book and uh, it was is it like a a fiction novel that one? Yeah it's kind of like a story like uh, like a journey like a hero's journey yeah, and, uh, I, I I recently saw it and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I should I should give it a read. Yeah, yeah you should. It's you really it's, it. it's one of the one of the really really uh, one of my favorite books. And the reason why I say this is because the hero of the journey uh, of that book and in his journey he realizes at some point that the uni- the the speech of the universal speech of the universe or the universal speech of everything. And so I feel like the more work I'm doing and the, like I have done animal communication, like telepathic seminars, and I did this and I did that. And the more work I did on that plane, the more I understand that every everything speaks the same language, kind of like language of love in a sense. But then we if we if we if we reduce our resistance and the, the projections and everything on the physical kind of like mental plane, the more with the softer we get or the more loving we become, the easier it gets to understand this universal language and to just be with these things rather than to trying to make sense out of it, if, if that makes sense. Mm, I've heard that before. You know, it, it doesn't always have to make sense. Like not everything makes sense. Not everything has to. I've heard that. That's one of my favorite quotes. Um, and so it's more of an, an allowance of... A connection that's already there in yeah. a way. I see. Do you have like a uh, specific like chakra opening technique for like heart or is there like a specific meditation that you practice frequently to help you let down those walls of resistance? So um, my, my meditations are very vocal based. Because I, at some point, uh, I realized, and my my that was during the time when I had a, a vocal therapist and a vocal coach. She was kind of like doing therapy and vocal training in one, mm. and uh, that I really love to work with my throat chakra in combination with meditation, where I really get kind of like into these throat singing deep kind of sounds where it's just like all resonance in the whole body. Every like if you strike, if that that is the, the, the beautiful thing that I found out in the vocal therapy is that if 
the body is an instrument as well. And if we're tense, if we're kind of like, if we are resisting, if we have issues, different issues are in different places in the body and the, 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 the looser the, the whole energy system gets, the more the body is able to be a chamber of resonance for the voice. And so when I meditate, it is often that resonance that I really enjoy. That's why I love playing the piano because you have that resonance in front of you. And it's just like the whole chord structure is in resonance with the body. And I really enjoy that. So that would be my, my meditation that I like in the morning. Yeah, I don't usually hear evening. that. Like the, the singing during that. And it's, I'm trying to open my mind and, and, and kind of introduce people to more of what meditation can be as opposed to what we're used to it being. Like most people are used to meditation being sit down, cross your legs, close your eyes. Uh, but when you introduce singing, is that more of where you get like mantras, like the oh sort of thing? Is that more what you're doing? Or are you singing like ballads and, you know, like songs no. with lyrics? Is it just like a harmonic it's, resonance yeah it's just like um it is uh, wayne dyer uh, introduced that i don't know if you know him he's he's been um, I've heard the name. A, a great yeah. influence in in personal development and spirituality for me but also for many people mm. and uh, he brought out a cd which is called meditations for manifesting and so it is an a sound ah in the morning and an om in the evening mm. and that is just repeated and um it's it he says it's not a mantra it's it's a sound sound meditation and you just vibe kind of i vibe with that sound so i really enjoy uh enjoy that and it's called in the in the indian or kind of more hinduistic traditions it's called japa japa meditation for those who are interested in that kind of meditation uh, I've I've done some uh, some studying up. I've watched a few videos and things on um, the the way Alan Watts teaches these sort of like mystic practices. He's he's added to my my walk, my spiritual journey quite a bit. The way he describes yeah. things, and uh, he describes this like the striking of a gong and how it's just like this resonating sound, and he equates that to consciousness and awareness. And how if you relate reality to the striking of the gong, like reality just is, just like the gong. It's no definition, there's no descriptive, it's just gong, you know, that sound. And everything is rising out of that sound. Like every, everything rises out of awareness. And I feel like that's so interesting. And, you know, they've got the, uh, the Hare Krishnas, the Hare Hare, you know, they have like the little mantras they do. And I feel like the point of that is just to lose yourself in it. And I feel yeah. like that's a lot of what you do with the uh, with the way that you meditate. Yeah, and it it is absolutely. I feel like um, I feel like a beginner in a sense that my my mind is wandering off all the time. It's just like and uh, Pema Chodron, which is also one of my favorite teachers. She says if we catch ourselves to be kind of like be very compassionate, like with the dog you're trying to drain, to just do it all, all over, and she says think just when when we realize that we wandered off to just say thinking and then to return very compassionately so i'm saying thinking a lot you know in my meditation <laughs> thinking come on back you see that's, yeah. that's good because I, I know a lot of people even myself back when i started meditating i'd be like god dang it i'm thinking about something else again and i'd be like yeah. come on man let's 
you know, but being kind to the body, being kind to the mind, uh, you know, because it's it's this vessel, this instrument that you're taking care of. Like you said, the piano and its resonance. I feel like the body is, in in like fashion, it's an instrument that our awareness uses to have these experiences. Yeah. So, I, I was curious to ask you because it's one of my favorite movies, but you know, you mentioned the Matrix <laughs> yeah. quite quite extensively. Why are you so fascinated with the Matrix? I mean, I love it. It's a great movie. It's I, I love it so much. But where do you find that that passion to want to watch it multiple times? Especially you said multiple times when it first came out. And you're like, oh, I watched it like several times over in succession. Yeah. So. Um... How much time do I have? <laughs> dude, dude, I, I, like I said, you've got, you've got time, man. I, okay. I don't have another, you're, you're good for a while. <laughs> so uh, for me, uh, the, the matrix is the beginning. It's that, that I was 16, 1999 or 15 even. I wasn't even 16 when it came out. And um, we went to the movie and I was sitting in there and I something really, really deep was struck in me and I did not know what. I felt like something is, and it was not this kind of the, 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 the sixth sense kind of feeling in a movie where you feel, oh, I didn't see that coming kind of thing. The Matrix has something like that, but it's not like that. It was more something uh, like, I have to read that. Like, uh, give me one, give me one second, and no, I'll have dude, it pulled. I have the quote from Morpheus pulled up, and you're because fine, his dude. his quote is the best. Yeah. Um, I, I remember so, seeing it at, at, at ninety nine as well. Like, you know, in the theater, I I had to have been really young. I had no idea what was going on, and you know, my sister was like, "Yeah, hey, you got to see this movie. You got to see this movie." And uh -huh. Here I am, a little kid looking at the screen, and I was just enamored. I was like, "What is this? This is confirmation that." There's yeah. more to this world than what we're saying. It just, I loved it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the 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 conversation Morpheus has with Neo in the in the room when he when they first meet is, mm -hmm. let me tell you, why you are here. You have come because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You've felt it your whole life. Felt that something is wrong with the world. You don't know what, but it's there like a splinter in your mind, driving you mad. It is this feeling that brought you to me. Do you know what I'm talking about? And so I feel like that was just as, and I did not know when I was 15, you know, but I went like after the movie was done, I went straight, straight back in, paid another ticket and watched it again because I felt something that I had never felt before. And so um, <clears throat> I recently watched the movie again, just a week ago or something. And I feel like until pretty much when Morpheus gets captured, every conversation in that movie could be used for spiritual awakening or is really, 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 really high in its value. And, and that they, the, the, that the, the Wachowski brothers made a movie that is so entertaining with such a high load of spirituality and even the names, Trinity, Morpheus, Neo, then you have uh, Thomas, Anderson, uh, Thomas Anderson, kind of like even that, if you look into that, what that means, you know, so there's so much symbolism in that, that I feel like that's one of the greatest movies of all time. And I love Keanu Reeves just oh, yeah. saying that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me and Keanu, after I saw that, I was like, who is this guy? And then the John Wick movies, oh, I, yeah. I love me some Keanu. Uh, but like, 
The Matrix has been one of the fundamental, one of the first pieces of spiritual media that I consumed as a kid. I loved The Matrix. I had to, when that movie came out on VHS, like super, super old VHS, I got it and I'd watch it every single day, like multiple times a day. I loved that movie. And it just has, like you said, so many quotables, so many like revelation bringing like pieces of insight. Like Morpheus is taking Neo to the Oracle and he says, you know, I can only show you the door. You have to walk through it. And yeah. it's like, that's, that's just one of those things. Like anyone can tell you, and I feel like this applies to self-help, spirituality, especially anyone can show you the direction you're supposed to be going in. And that's all well and good, but you have to go there. It's like, all right, this is where I came. Like, this is the door to where you need to be. Are you going to accept that challenge? And he then goes in, sits with the kid and learns like, you know, he's like, don't try to bend the spoon. That's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just realize that there is no spoon. Then you'll see that it's not the spoon that bends. It's you. And I feel like yeah. they wrote it so interestingly, like right when you step through the door, yeah. that has been placed before yeah. you. Then yeah. you start to see the wonder, but you have to take the step. Such a great movie. I love it. Yeah. I might have Absolutely. to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Right so, uh, thank you for asking that. I just feel like uh, there's there's just some things we cannot put our kind of finger on, or we don't understand. Just like um, if if people or me being included uh, realizes satori or have a satori experience where they're just connected with everything. I I think I can still almost remember. I think I can remember it. I just say almost because I don't want to be like absolute but i think i think i can remember every satori i had because it's just it's so interesting when we feel connected with everything we see see and feel just like there's all one and and that is not able to be expressed in words but that's why i say i can remember every time because it's just like oh here it is again yes and then it's (laughs) gone at some point What's so uh, satori is a is a new word for me. Is it like mm. samadhi and like the Middle Eastern practice that that sort of thing? It's just so, like this um, connection. Alan Watts talks about satori sometimes, and <clears throat> I heard it from Eckhart Tolle the or Tolle the first time. It is, uh, I think, a Japanese or Zen expression uh, about a short uh, enlightenment or kind of like a short samadhi like you said where we are where we are getting a glimpse of being connected with the source with everything with the universe with every person it it's, it depends it's just like it is different kind of like the mind stops i would say Eckhart Tolle probably would explain it like no thoughts and then realizing just what is and the beauty of it so would you say you have to reach a thoughtless place? Is that how you had these experiences? No, my mind was racing when I when I when I remember like having that for the first time. And I was sitting in a in a tram in Cologne when I was studying and I was just like in pure bliss just for a second or something and I felt, Oh, life is beautiful. Everything that comes like every every positive experience we ever had combined in a second and it just feels so nice. And then it's gone again. So I don't think there's, we have to be anything. It's just like, it just happens. happens. Yeah. 
Were, were you doing anything specific, or you were just on the tram? You're just yeah. having a ride somewhere, and it just, just yeah, bam, yeah, it just, just hit you. On my way to university, probably, yeah. I guess, because the direction was towards the university. So I guess I was just yeah. sitting there, maybe listening to music, maybe. Mm. You think there's a way that we can facilitate these experiences of Satori more often? That's an interesting question. I would assume that the the moment we try to facilitate it, it just slips away because mm -hmm. we, it's something that is not graspable. It's like it, it is so free, you know, it's just like because it incorporate. it is just like it is like a tiny, tiny universe and that we get to experience. So I, we, we cannot reach out of that and try to grasp that that would just be my my take on it that the mm. moment we try to to chase it it'll ever like continuously slip away but when we stop like that is that is probably because you ask for a way to induce it or to be more open to mm. it i would say stopping sitting down being with what is being present that is probably the best way to mm get in touch with that but still i would say it's it's still up to grace mm. and god and god or the universe to yeah. facilitate that i appreciate that though yeah that i mean that, that lines up with what i've heard that lines up with what alan watts says it's like it's not something you can get at you know it's not something that you can chase down and capture you know this thing of enlightenment or satori or samadhi like it, anytime that i've experienced it these these moments of bliss and it, it, at the time of my life i was spending pretty much my whole day meditating or pursuing something so when it happens i would think to myself oh i did this it just took so long but in actuality when it would happen randomly when i wasn't doing anything then it's like well what did i do for this to happen like what you said is just to stop like trying to reach it almost pushes it further away i heard someone describe it as i think it was actually um, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson he described it as uh, I, I don't think he was talking specifically about Satori or Samadhi but uh, he was describing the nature of like reaching the core of who we are and I think it's kind of the same thing and he was like it's, a, it's like a quarter in your pocket and you stick a finger into your pocket and you're trying to reach the quarter but every time you reach further you're pushing the quarter further down you know and so you never actually get to it your act of trying to make it happen pushes it away. Yeah. And I feel like that's because you're reinforcing this idea that you aren't the, that experience. Yeah. And so like, I got to reach this thing with like, you can't reach a thing that you are. And I feel like yeah. that's what Alan Watts talks about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love, I love, um, I, I love Alan Watts, by the way. So I'm glad oh, yeah. that you mentioned him. Uh, I'm, uh, I remember when he has one of the audiobooks that I love to listen to where he he walks down someplace and he looks into people's eyes and then he just like has this feeling that you're it and like they are it and then if if he tells them that like if he does they totally freak out, freak out and say what what me what <laughs> what you're <laughs> what are you it talking about? yeah what what am I you uh... it <laughs> yeah, it's like the don't, whole don't thing. Don't try chasing it. You're it. You're the whole thing. We are. Mm. You know? It's just and, like, get uh, away from me, man. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's one of the one of the ways that I love training and teaching. And I forget constantly, but just walk if 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 I'm in a city to just try to hold that 
that space or that thought in a sense, but it's more than a thought that everybody I see, everybody I meet is just the same as me, you know, to just like really connect with that person and, and to just like feel that it's just God in drag, like uh, Ramda says, you know, it's just like, it's just, this is God, this freaks me out every time I think about it, that like this computer is God, my hand, whatever, everything I see, everything, we cannot see anything that is not God, you know, so I feel like that freaks me, not freak, but it blows my mind regularly to just like get aware that when we're trying to find God, that it is impossible to miss if mm. we if we know where to look or how to look. It reminds me of a a verse from uh, one of the apocryphal scriptures of the Bible, like one one of the books of the Bible that was kind of that was removed when it was set up the canonization of of scripture, and uh, it's where Jesus is describing uh, the disciples are asking him like you know show us the Father show us God. And Jesus is like, look around you. Like, it's everywhere. God is everywhere. There's no way you miss it. And he gives such a great, a, a great explanation of it. I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, Jesus describes it as like he gives an analogy about fish in a river, mm -hmm. and how the fish are together talking to themselves, and they're like, what is this water everyone's talking about? Like they say we're 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 living in water, and you know whatever. Like I want to meet water. Like I want to meet this water thing. And they're all like, okay, well, let's go to this wise fish. And so they swim to the wise fish and they say, wise fish, show us water. And the fish says, you're in it right now. It's everywhere. It's pervasive. It's what you breathe. It's how you live. It's all water. And Jesus says, that's what it's like to see God. Like God is everywhere. This whole experience that we're having in and through us is God. And Alan Watts goes on to say the very fabric and structure of existence itself. Like that's what you are. It's like you're not a stranger in the world. Like you are absolutely fundamental. Mm. It's just it's just, just mind-blowing how how things are described. And like just thinking everything I'm experiencing right now is God. It's so much more intimate that way mm -hmm. as opposed to like, man, I hope I can speak to God one day or yeah. I hope I hear God one day. Because that was something that, that locked me up a lot when I was younger. Like starting my spiritual journey. It's like I want to connect with God and speak to God and hear God. Like, I pray and I pray and I don't hear anything. I reach out and I don't get anything. And you miss the voice in your head. You miss the, the, the intuition and the heart because you're searching for something external when it's right here. It's all around yeah. you. There's no way you can miss it. Yeah. Thank you. Mm. It's, it's powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. I'm glad you mentioned it. <laughs> Alan Watts and Ram Dass. There's these powerful people that talk about like the power of just not trying anymore <laughs> to to try to get a hold of it just just be and there are ways you can just be but they're just ways to get out of your own way essentially from what i found so yeah and what comes up when when i hear that is just like um like the 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 uh zen master metaphor that ellen watts uses where he says like when when you when you have when you're convinced that you still need to learn something there's still something that i need to go to do this seminar or i need to i'm still not done then uh 
the Zen master will just not challenge that and will give you new koans and will give you new assignments and teachings until you find out that he was been, he has been fooling you all along, but he had nothing to show for, except for that I gave him the power that he knows something that I don't. And when I find out that he knows he's the same as me, he just uh, helped me find that out in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. That, that level of love that you have to have to let someone convince themselves that they need something more without like bashing them and trying to force them to seeing it the way you see it. It's just like, you know, uh, I, I've said this to people before. It's like, I'm not a teacher. I'm not a guru. Like, I'm just, I'm not even Cal. I'm just having this experience. You make me what you want me to be. Like, you make yeah. me the teacher when you assume the role of the student. And, you know, when Alan Watts talks about that, he's like, yeah, he's like, if you... You know, you, you go on, it's like, I have to learn this, I have to learn that. The guru will just let you do it. The guru's purpose is to help you reach the end of yourself with all of these confusing, like, uh, koans and these difficult riddles that you have to solve. Eventually, you'll be like, I'm tired of this. Like, I, yeah. you know, I'm tired of all of that. And then you'll realize that, like, a lot of those things are just to get you to the realization that you can't reach the answer to it. Like, it's bigger than your intellect can reach. I think that's... That's a really powerful way of going about it. So we do just need to let go of yeah. trying to like muscle this thing into submission. Yeah, exhaust ourselves to the point of I, I cannot, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm letting go, let go and let God. You know, I was, I was frequently at that point. I can't, I can't swim against the current. I cannot do it. Like I'm done. I'll let go. Whatever happens, happens. Mm, that's how you have to be it seems like because uh, I, I like i've been to that place as well where i was like i've given everything that i could give to this and then i just sit in the silence and then not every time but sometimes it just happens where i'm like oh right everything is connected i am one with everything this life thing isn't nearly as serious as we're making it you know it's yeah. just an experience you know so hmm one last question before we go, because we're we're bleeding over our time. It's, it's been a, it's been a good one. I'm glad you've stuck around with me for the whole thing. Uh, if there was something you could go back and tell your younger self, what would that be? Out of everything you've learned, what mm -hmm. would be that thing that you tell yourself? So I would. I would, uh, do I know that it's me that I'm meeting in that question? So is it, I know I am, like, I know, like, when my younger self knows it's the older self. It's not just some random dude who shows up and says, kid, you have to do something. Oh, because I'd it, be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Hmm. So it is, we know, we know both that we are meeting each other. Right? Yeah. Let's say, let's say you, you had a, an astral journey a shamanic trip and you went back to your younger self as a, a spirit entity that, that your younger self experienced, what message would you give? That's such a difficult question because it's there's so many things I would love to say and to bring across and knowing that I can't, it's just kind of like binding me, you know, like we just mm -hmm. talked about, I cannot, I can only show you the door, but, uh, but with all that knowledge that I have, I can not say anything 
that will get me the understanding that I gained through the journey, you know? So it's kind of like an oxymoron in a sense. I would love to tell me all these things mm -hmm. and uh, probably go your own way, you know? Don't, don't mind other people. Don't try to fulfill other people's expectations. Don't make choices that you think your parents would make, would make your parents or your partner happy. Um, follow your heart. That's like the only, the only real um, navigation system that we have that we can trust. And even knowing that my heart steered me into some really shitty situations, even on the spiritual path where I felt like this is the way I feel it and it turned into shit. But that was the, the, the birthplace for growth again. And so I would say, follow your heart, go your own way. Yeah, I can only show you the door. You have to walk through it. It's like, you know, I, I can I can I can't teach you what you'll find on the other side of the door, because like I've heard it said before that those who know don't speak and those who speak don't know, you know, like just let someone have the experience because the experience itself is all the teacher they need. You know, so I, yeah, it's, a, it's a very good way of putting it. Yeah. Well, Martin, it's been a pleasure uh, before we wrap up, tell the audience, people listening, people watching, where they can find more of you, any projects you're working on, your workshops, things like that. Yeah, cool. Thank you. So um, my website is lighttrails.co, light like light and trails like the paths or the things that follow light, <laughs> lighttrails.co. And uh, I'm working on a webinar right now. I wished I would have been ready, but I realized that I need a little bit more time to, in order to, to honor the participants. I feel like people are getting uh, too, much, too much sales and too little information and value out of these webinars. So I, I thought it wouldn't be as much work. Cutting long story short, I'm working on that and I hope I will be able to to uh, facilitate a webinar for people to come and learn a little bit more about the, the medicine wheel and shamanic journeys. Mm -hmm. And then um, I am building my practice right now in a program, like I'm building the program where I will be going 16 weeks uh, with, through an intense course, like a weekly, weekly um, teaching session with um, where we work with the medicine wheel and with totem animals and all that all that good stuff we talked about today and that will be starting in june so that's something i'm really looking forward to and then uh, i will be like i said in the beginning i will be in hawaii in october for half a year so i'm looking forward to that and working more from there and um yeah just being being in the ocean i love the ocean it's my really <laughs> the best place to be yeah excellent excellent well again i thank you for coming on to the show uh like he said guys get a hold of him if you're curious about shamanism the medicine wheel more of these concepts of being present and you know satori contact him get a hold of him don't be afraid we got to connect these webs guys we got we got to we got to use these 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 amazing people to you know to to grow and to learn um and that's going to do it for this episode of the Astromind Podcast. Again, guys, thank you so much for joining me, for coming through. You know I love to, to sit spiritually and electronically with all of you guys and, and go through all of this stuff. 
Uh, if you want to hear more about this, dive deeper into these concepts, you can look up people like Alan Watts. You can look more, look up more about Martin, uh, about Ram Dass, things like that. If you want a palatable book that teaches you uh, the best things you can do to live an enlightened life, The Cure for Enlightenment is out. It's on Amazon. You guys can pick it up for free through Kindle Unlimited. Uh, and if you want to get a hold of me, all the links are going to be in the description and the show notes for myself and for Martin. Uh, again, love you guys. Blessings. Love and light. Namaste. And as always, never stop adventuring. They're all but a bend in our small minds. Scream about nothing.